Hello, everyone. It's Chris and Dan here with another Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. Nothing at all. And today we are going to talk about Season 1, Episode 7, The Call of the Simpsons, February 18th, 1990, original air date. Dan, this is the first time the Simpsons venture out of their house, pretty much, and go on an adventure. Something that would be common with future episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, first trivia, Call of the Wild. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, I think most people could figure that out. Or at least you <laughs> yeah. would. I, I would hope most people would figure that out, but, you know. Well, you gotta say it. It's a reference <laughs> to Call of the Wild. All right. Exactly. And, of course, we're going to start off with the chalkboard gag and the couch gag. The chalkboard gag is Bart saying, I will not draw naked ladies in class. Mm-hmm. And the couch gag is, there's no couch gag. It's literally the original couch gag. The first one they ever did when they just run onto the couch. They just sit on the couch. I know Some Enchanted Evening, which was supposed to be the first episode, actually has this couch gag. Which is why it's here. And, of course, because the Christmas episode technically hadn't aired yet, there's still no Santos L. Helper. So, at least they didn't try to take the cat with them when they went camping. Because the cat probably would have died. Yeah. <clears throat> so, let's go ahead and start our recap of Call of the Simpsons. And, of course, where else can we possibly start off but the family yard... With Bart working that super old school mower. Yeah, I had my great grandparents had that kind of mower. Oh God, did they really? And they had it until the two thousands. Oh man, I mean, they didn't have a big lawn. They had because they lived in like a. It wasn't actually a development, but it was essentially a development. So suburbia. They, they didn't need a, a an electric or a they gas technically, mower. They technically had a double. A lot, but it's still not much. Yeah, but the, the Simpsons have that whole yard. And then, of course, as Bart's doing it, here comes uh, Rod Flanders making his first appearance. <laughs> with a, he's got the he's got the lemonade in his hand and everything on the ride-on mower. He's like, "Hey, hot enough for you?" Because back then the Flanders kids were kind of smug because we hadn't fleshed them out yet. And Homer's just might as well, like, you know, make them hate the kids, too. Like, Dad hates Ned, right? Which is funny, because we haven't really established Ned yet. He's just the neighbor who's got nice stuff, and Homer doesn't like him. That's all we're supposed to know right now. Like, because even in the Christmas episode, which technically comes after this, you, uh, you still get Flanders just like, Hey, Simpson, does this look okay? With the nice lights and everything. Yeah, we don't know that just yet, but at the same time, if we're supposed to be siding with Homer, then yeah, we're going to, uh, yeah, we're going to hate Ned Flanders too, but, but speaking of Ned Flanders, somebody pulls up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Homer's trying to tell Bart this lesson about how you shouldn't try to keep up with the Flanders is, is, and then as soon as Ned pulls up in an RV, that's the first thing Homer wants. Because it's even got its own satellite dish. Yeah. So, having to one-up the Flanders. 
Homer takes the family to Bob's RV Roundup. And we meet Bob the RV salesman. A gentleman with big ears, a cowboy hat, a bolo, and a voice who sounds suspiciously like a clownfish looking for Nemo. Making his first guest appearance on The Simpsons, Albert Brooks. Credited as A. Brooks. Albert Einstein. Credited as A. Brooks, as usual. And he has, let's see, his credits include Cowboy Bob, Jacques Brad Goodman, a French guy. (laughs) He's also been, of course, Hank Scorpio in two episodes. Tab Spangler, Dr. Rothbold, and, of course, Russ Cargill in the Simpsons movie. Uh, Hank Scorpio and Jacques are probably his most famous roles. Brad Goodman's kind of a forgettable character, because that's just the one where they everybody wants to be like Bart. And Tad Spangler, like, I actually have to look it up to see who that is. He's a fat camp counselor, so. You ever seen a man say goodbye to a shoe? <laughs> uh, once. That's one of my... <laughs> once. One of my favorite episodes, but yes... So, according to the trivia on IMDb, Albert Brooks improvised so much good material that the scene of Homer buying the RV could have been the whole episode. They only used a bit of ad-libbing for it, and you can tell he's just having a blast with this. Well, because he did all, like, the, the, the salesman double speed. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's like, I like you. I like your face. I'm going to tell you right now. You know, you don't look like a sucker. Which is No, so- I, gotta, I gotta go search credit. Now, it doesn't, you know, doesn't matter to me. Even though my name is on the sign, it's not my business. <laughs> yeah, it's all the, it's all that, that sales speak, yeah. Because he's trying to sell him the ultimate behemoth, which has got, does it have its own satellite dish? You can tell your son it's got its own satellite. The Vanstar 1 <laughs> launched last year, apparently just for the RV. Yeah. And it's got four... Deep fat fryers. Oh, yeah. One for each part of the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, I just got to go run your credit. You know, formality stuff. And then the siren goes off. I love Homer's just like, is that a good siren? You ever known a siren to be good? Nah, that siren tells me that if I sell you this RV, I'm going to go out of business. You couldn't afford this thing if you could live to be a million. Well, what can I get? I'll... Let me show you an RV that's more you. And what he basically gets used, excuse me. <laughs> used. I know it's got like a it's got like a tree branch coming through the Yeah, it's got like a plant growing out of the freaking motor. <laughs> oh man. He's just like, okay, cuz this one this is this is the best RV you're ever going to own. See that guy right there? He said he's coming to buy the little one. And of course, he Homer gives in. He pressures it. And I love the first he's thing. Like, he did. Oh, I'm gonna go talk to my family. He's like, "Oh, come on, man! You, You're you look a like real a man. Yeah, you can make your own decisions." Well, so, so... he buys the shitty RV, <laughs> and then immediately tries to show it off to Flanders, and he's just like, "You jealous?" He's like, "Ooh, that thing's a beaut, Homer." <laughs> he's jealous. <laughs> like, it's funny because Ned is still being so nice about it, and of course. Homer's just an a-hole. But and they're, like, immediately already packed to go. Oh, yeah. 
Did you see all the crap that they had in there? They have the TV, they have the barbecue grill, the microwave. Like, they literally packed the entire house into the RV. Which makes me wonder where the hell they're supposed to sleep. Well, I mean, you can get that out of the RV. When you... Oh, yeah, of course. You can't. I want to know how he's going to plug Somebody who spent most of his youth camping during the summer... You fill that sucker up with stuff that ends up outside <laughs> as soon as you get there. Uh, we've only done – we did camper camping a couple of times. We did it in Virginia, and we did it at a NASCAR race. We did the, the infield redneck oh, yeah. camp out one time. <clears throat> but it was at Watkins Glen, the big racetrack where the infield is like uh, 15 times I bigger than a regular racetrack. did that at Watkins Glen. That's awesome. In like 93 or something like that. Well, there you go. Good old Watkins Glen. It was fun. That's where we uh, almost met Jeff Gordon when he was still a rookie. There was some unknown rookie signing autographs. He was like in his first or second season named Jeff Gordon standing by the fence. And uh, there was a huge crowd, but we didn't get to him in time. We got a couple of autographs. They were like the the, the no-namer drivers. Like... For any NASCAR fans out there, Derek Cope, if y'all remember that name. Mm-hmm. And Harry Gant. Well, he wasn't a no-name. I think the best one was Rusty Wallace. Yep. I don't know where that autograph is, but we definitely have a Rusty Wallace autograph somewhere. So... Yeah, the, the one I went to was during uh, Richard Petty's final season. And his son won the race. that was shortened by rain. Kyle? Yeah. Kyle Petty. Yep, I remember Kyle Petty. Oh, uh, yeah, so. Well, as wrestling fans that watch old shows. Former NWO. Kyle Petty quite, quite frequently. Former he was also, like, uh, one of the, also one of, like, the judges at, like, Starcade 2 or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so this brand new RV is on the freeway. And, of course, blocking all the traffic. And Homer's just it like. can't go fast because there's a plant growing out of the engine <laughs> the homer goes no it's an all-terrain vehicle and takes it off road and they're literally just driving through the forest which is one of the worst ideas possible mom i'm scared <laughs> we're all scared dear but your father says everything's fine you know march like, hey you guys want me to stop now yeah okay well good thing he did because he literally stops at the edge of a cliff now everybody, slowly get out of the... Oh, they're already out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it goes what over I... the cliff, into the gorge. But not Springfield Gorge. That comes later. That's another episode that's more classic than this episode. Way more classic. So... They're, they watch the RV plummet with literally all their possessions in it. And Lisa just goes, the Simpsons have entered the forest. And they start playing funeral procession music over it. It's like they're going to die. Uh, but maybe they'll be fine. After all, Homer is an experienced woodsman. Yes. So he goes off to... Uh, <laughs> he goes off to get his bearings, and then just goes, I've murdered us all! Which then echoes into the gorge. <laughs> Shut up! And then he, and then we get the, the echo doe. 
the echoing doe. Doe. So. So they make. Uh, Homer makes them a place to stay, which is a hollowed out log and like three branches. <laughs> so terrible. And he's like, all right, girls, you guys do what you got to do. And, uh, and boys leave. And Bart... this freaking Maggie just starts crawling after them. And Lisa's like, uh, mom, yeah. Ma- should Maggie go? She's like, no. Like, what? No, it'll be okay. You can just let her go. Which is such a terrible idea. Which is like, at the time, she's like, Two steps and fall on her face. Two steps fall on her face. So oh, yeah, they God. just they just let Maggie follow them into the wilderness, which is a horrible idea, but but why not? <laughs> so Lisa it's funny because uh Lisa and Marge by themselves, we'll talk about this real quick because the main story is Homer and Bart. But Lisa and Marge actually do pretty well. They make a campfire. They they've made like a full on campsite. Yeah, like, within a couple of hours, and they're just like, well, you know, I hope Maggie's not slowing the boys down too much. And by that point, she was already with, she was with the bears for like half a day. Oh yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the worst part. They let Maggie go with them, but Homer and Bart never realize that Maggie's with them. Yeah. Which makes it so much worse. It's the classic, hey, where's your kid? Oh, no, my husband's got him. And then, hey, where's your kid? Oh, my wife's got him. Yep. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> no they, one's got the kid. When they hear Maggie's pacifier, Homer panics. He goes, it's a rattler. Run, you fool. And him and Bart get out of breath, like, after running 30 feet. Seems legit. Even I can run further than that. Without losing my breath. So, yeah, the real experienced woodsman that Homer is. Yeah, he's doing great so far. And then, he's just like, oh, I have a sixth sense for this. Civilization's on the other side of this bush. And, of course, they end up in a river. And go over a waterfall. This is like stuff that they use in the video game, by the way. Yeah, while Maggie, yeah, while Maggie gets picked up by a thing of bears, almost gets mauled by a bear, but calms it with a pacifier. Yeah, the the first act is the slow act, but it's got it's got Albert Brooks in it. Now you're actually getting like the adventure point here. The one thing I don't never figured out is they tumble over the waterfall and they somehow lose all of their clothes in the process. Yep. I never ever figured that out. Like I'm I'm sure that that would probably rough you up a little bit, but I can't see you literally losing all of your clothes. Well, I'm gonna see like stuff slipping off. Yeah, <clears throat> you might lose a shoe or something. Maybe a. Depends how tight your shirt and pants are. That's true, but it would also I feel like it would also take effort to actually lose your shirt. But again, it's it's a cartoon. It's supposed to be funny. Maybe I'm, I I can't be overanalyzing it. Hey, boy, you're naked. Yes, so are you, homeboy. Well, let's uh let's slather on some mud and some trees. And of course, uh, 
they got to look for food, so they try to plant the trap for the rabbit. Which just goes flying. <laughs> it just launches it. Meanwhile, Maggie's actually doing pretty good, too, because the bears find that, fam- that family campsite. There's no bears out here. Uh, hello, bears! And you sneak by and take the baby's bottle. <laughs> <laughs> they, they actually have a lot of luck finding baby stuff in the, in the wilderness. So they either went back and raided that whole family's campsite, or they just had a lot of good luck. By the way, they also call them grizzly bears, which confirms the theory that Springfield's on the West Coast, not the East Coast. You know, sunset over the beach. Because you're not getting you're not getting a beach sunset unless you're at a Great Lake, or you're at the Pacific Ocean or the Gulf of Mexico, and they're definitely not in Florida because it snows in Springfield. We know exactly where Springfield is. It's mentioned in the movie. Yeah, it borders Maine, Kentucky, Nevada, and Ohio. Yeah, obviously. I also love uh. Well, Matt Groening based it off of Portland anyway, so of course he's going to have sunsets on the beach because Oregon would get sunsets on the beach. In New Jersey, we don't get no beach sunsets. We get sunrises. Which you never get to see. Yeah. very Because of the pollution. Oh, Oh, I was going to say because I'm lazy and I never see a sunrise anyway. I'm if I wanted me to see the sunrise, he'd do it at the crack of noon. <laughs> so yeah, so Marge and Lisa are cozy, Maggie's cozy, and Homer and Bart are shivering away, just laying on the ground. So the next day, we rejoin Homer and Bart's progress, and they find the beehive. And this is where Homer's trans- translation, or transmission, or transformation into Bigfoot begins. Because first he goes, he just reaches into the beehive and eats the honey with a handful of bees, by the way. Like, he totally ate some of the bees. So now he can't talk. Yeah, this happens. So he goes looking for water, crashes into a stream, and gets covered in mud. And because he's he's blithering on and kind of looks like an ape, he scares a, he scares a, nature video, a nature documentary guy who comes back and reports to a generic-ass newsman that... Yeah, it's not Kit Brockman. Yes, we find Bigfoot, and this is the proof. <laughs> a $5,000 reward is offered for Bigfoot's capture. We now return you to the president's address already in progress. Yeah. <laughs> because Bigfoot would be important enough to interrupt the freaking president. Actually, if you think about it, if somebody actually did discover indisputable proof of a creature like Bigfoot, that actually might be important enough to break all the news on all the channels. Although the government did just confirm that UFOs are a thing, and because of the virus, nobody cares, so. Well, UFOs are always a thing, because it's specifically vague. Right. Which I don't think a lot of people realize, but it's also funny that, like... Well, I saw somebody on Facebook was like, yeah, if you... If someone throws a dildo at you, and you don't know what it is until it hits you, you were hit by a UFO. (laughs) You were technically hit by a UFO. You've been struck by a UFO. Anyway, so with Bigfoot mania setting in, of course, Marge and Lisa get rescued by a ranger because now there's people everywhere in the woods. 
And they're oh, just, you're lucky that we got you now, because there's some kind of crazy man ape thing on the, in the woods. Yeah, and she's like, that's not Bigfoot, that's my husband. And now tabloid headlines. Oh, yeah, I married Bigfoot. And just kept on, like, the the same one yeah. interview with his, her afterwards. His name Everything is Homer. Says, well, I guess he's partial to pork chops. Oh, yeah, the Bigfoot diet pork chops of plenty. <laughs> See, this is actual good stuff. First half, slow, dumb. Albert Brooks is great, but everything else kind of slow, kind of not super funny. Now it's just once, this is just once they've yeah, like once they've lost the RV, picks up and becomes a classic episode. This is like the most outrageous scenario possible because they're claiming that Bigfoot's using foul language, although his speech is completely you can't understand anything he's saying. Marge is the only person who realizes Bigfoot's actually a human, and nobody else seems to understand that. They're so drawn off by, oh, you married a Bigfoot. And they eventually find him, and they take him in for research. And the best they can say is, at the end of, like, three minutes of arguing between three people, the best they can say and, and can agree on is, he's either a really dumb human or a really smart ape. Being. A brilliant beast. <laughs> yeah, a brilliant beast or a dumb person. <laughs> it sounds about right. Also, bears just wander onto the news set and nobody cares. Yeah, they're just like, hey, why are there bears in the shot? Get the bears out of the shot. Send the guy over. <laughs> hey, bears, get out of here. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so freaking funny. And then, of course, son, you're lucky we found you. What the hell are you talking about? And you notice the press conference is being led by Dr. Marvin Monroe, who also doesn't recognize as Homer either. As the guy that freaking, the one person that got the money back. Yeah. The world money back. Which means, I mean, I'm just saying, I would remember that. I would remember him if that was the one guy who took advantage of my business model. But yeah, yeah, it's a really funny episode. It ends with Homer in bed just being like, the guys are going to have a field day with this. But Marge makes him feel better by calling him a brilliant beast. I guess that's all it took. And then they fucked. Probably. Um, Burger King actually did little figurines with the camping designs of the Simpsons family for this episode. Oh, yeah? I had Burger King for lunch today, and I didn't get any Simpsons toy. Well, see, so you gotta get, like, the... Because it was 30 years ago. Man. Yeah, it was also 30 years ago. Uh, kids meal. Like many other people at the time, Albert Brooks wasn't sure if he wanted to be identified with the cartoon show. So that's why he did the A. Brooks. He didn't change his name like Dustin Hoffman and Michael Jackson, but he, uh... And then he keeps the A. Brooks down the line just because it's traditional. <clears throat> they used a lot of resources for the backgrounds of the episodes, for the trees, rocks, fences, even the way the cars were positioned, because they wanted to make it look more realistic. They also had a longer discussion with Marge and Lisa at the bonfire that was supposed to include a conversation about boys, but they decided to cut it from the episode. So it would have probably just been a nice little Marge and Lisa bonding thing, and probably also would have been funny. But, you know, time constrictions. This is a very quickly paced episode for a first season. A lot of stuff happens in a very short period of time. For all of you Brits out there, Ian, shout out to you if you're listening. 
Uh, this was the first episode you guys got in the UK. They also, uh, the original script didn't have Homer and Bart talking at all when they were covering their private parts, but Sam Simon was like, uh, this is too funny to leave as a stage direction <laughs> because uh, you could just make assumptions as to what was describe happening. Describe it, but describe it like an awkward father <laughs> trying to randomly cover himself and his son. Basically, yeah. Get on it, Castellaneta. There was a, an alternate plot that James L. Brooks suggested about Homer being carried away to an eagle's nest to be raised as a baby eagle, but they were like, no, nah, let's have Maggie and Bears, which is probably the better choice. <clears throat> and then did you notice any of the signs of Bob's RV Roundup? We'd, mav- we'd rather make a friend with a smiley face than a prophet with a frowny face. We give credit to everyone, no credit, good, and bankruptcy, schmankruptcy. So even though that's his whole business model, that means Homer really did suck that much with his with his uh, his money and everything to just absolutely not get a, not be able to afford anything. And that, my friends, is the call of the Simpsons. The Simpsons in the Wild. Yeah, it's not one of my favorite season one episodes, but I do agree that it's definitely a uh, it's definitely a pickup from where it goes because it starts off with, eh, we're getting off to a slow start here, and then it's just like, okay, yeah, we're we're having fun because we're having a uh, we're having an adventure now. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of the first Simpsons adventure, Dan? Did you were you, were you feeling adventurous? Uh, once the adventure happened, yes. <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. Good stuff overall. So next time on Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're going to review one of the most classic Simpsons episodes from the early seasons, The Telltale Head. Otherwise, uh, yes. yep. Otherwise known as the one where Bart cuts the head off the statue. Everybody, Jebediah Springfield. Everybody pretty much knows that one, yeah. But uh, so until next time, we leave you with this message of the stupid, sexy podcast. Dan, take us out. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. See ya. Nothing at all. Nothing at all.